Open your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 1. Proverbs chapter 1. This morning I'm going to speak on engage wisdom. Engage wisdom from the book of Proverbs. That's a great place to go to look for wisdom. Amen. And so we're going to look at that this morning. We're going to define some things. Then next Sunday morning, Lord willing, I want to talk about wisdom in troubled times. How do we take our wisdom from the scriptures and look at what's going on in the world. And so we're going to break down specific things that are going on in Europe and in the Middle East and the United States and some of the current events things that are going on. We're going to deal with that next week through the wisdom of scripture. But this morning we want to establish some of the wisdom that we have from scripture and and define some things. So let's start reading in verse 1. We're going to read Proverbs 1 verses 1 through 6 right now. The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding, to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, and judgment, and equity, to give subtlety to the simple, and to the young man, knowledge and discretion. A wise man will hear and will increase learning, and a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsels. To understand a proverb... And the, the interpretation, the words of the wise and their dark sayings. Dear Heavenly Father, help us to have some wisdom. Lord, help us to get the wisdom that comes from you. You have told us that if any man lack of wisdom, let him ask of you. And that you upbraid not, but you give to all men willingly, Lord. So help us to have wisdom that comes from above. Not the world's wisdom. Not the wisdom that the world gives, but wisdom that comes from you. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, we could approach this a lot of ways. We could look at philosophy, and we know that Pythagoras came up with the idea of philosophy, a philosopher being a lover of wisdom. But that wisdom that he was talking about was worldly wisdom, wisdom that did not have its basis in eternal truth. We have wisdom that comes from God, amen? And, you know, you look at the world. How many of you saw that the, the situation in France where the newspaper was attacked by the Muslims? How many of you saw that? All right. Now, of course, they weren't Muslims. They were radicals. They might have been Presbyterians. They might have been Girl Scouts. We're not sure what kind of radicals were they. Muslim radicals. And for some reason, our press, our president, our State Department, they don't want to say that. It's just radicals. You know, wouldn't it be funny? Look out! She's got thin mints! No, no. There's a, you have to identify what group of radicals you're talking about. And actually, I, I do think those Girl Scouts are terrorists because just as I'm about to lose weight, they stick these cookies in your face. It's evil. It's evil. It's the kind of evil that must be stopped in our time. I'm telling you. <laughs> now they're going to allow them to sell them on the Internet. It's even worse. Now look, if we're going to look at what's going on in the world, you know that the only way that extremism can flourish is if there's no guiding ethos or no guiding worldview. If there's a dominant worldview in a culture, then something like radical Islam cannot flourish. It can't happen. But what's happened in the Middle East, and we'll get into it more uh, uh, specifically next week, is this concept of multiculturalism, that all ideas are good, Open immigration, come as many as you want, we'll feed you, we'll take care of you, and we will not require you to assimilate to our culture. Bring your culture, reject ours. Bring your laws, reject ours. 
and you think everything's going to be okay. It doesn't make any sense, does it? Would you all agree? That just it, it, There's no way that you can explain that in a way that makes sense. What is lacking from the equation? Wisdom. Wisdom. And so let's look at this text. We're going to define some terms that are going to help us to understand how to better live in the world. And then we'll get to a specific application. Um, first of all, let's look at some of the key phrases in this text. And the first one is in verse 2. To know wisdom. To know wisdom. Um, wisdom and instruction. This is really important. To know it. You've got to be certain of some things. You've got to be certain of some things. I don't know everything. But there are some things that I do know very well. Amen? I know who God is. I know who His Son, Jesus Christ, is. I know He has established His truth in the Word of God. I know that there are timeless truths, that there are absolutes. Right? Remember, for, for the people in Europe who have allowed this Islamic radicalism to grow, there's only one thing that they really believe in, that you can't really believe in anything. The only absolute truth is that there are no absolute truths. And if you absolutely believe in absolute truth, then you are absolutely wrong. Is that confusing? Yeah, because you're, you're on this shifting deck, like in a ship that's being tossed by, the, by the, the seas, and you can't make a firm decision. So the first thing that Proverbs is telling us that we need to be able to do in verse 2 is to know wisdom and instruction, to know it. To know wisdom. Is that wise? So I should be able to, by the time Jacob leaves my house, I should be able to look at him and say, is that wise? This decision that you're going to make, is that wise? And most of the time when you ask that question, what's the answer? Eh, probably not. But it might be. The key is, I need Jacob to be able to make wise decisions, to have some absolutes that he knows are true, and I call them non-negotiables, some non-negotiables. If I go into a job interview and I have established non-negotiables, I'm not going to work on the Lord's Day. I am, uh, I am not going to spend more than so many hours away from home. Uh, you know, you have non-negotiables that you're going to put in. I'm not going to have a job that dishonors my Lord. And it doesn't matter how much money they offer you, that's non-negotiable. That's, that's cared for. I'm not going to go to a town where there's not a church just like Grace Baptist Church. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Now, all of us know people who think, well, I'll move there. There's good churches all over. Yeah, good luck. I hear it all the time. I hear it all the time. So a non-negotiable would be, I'm not going to move to a town where, where I am not certain that there's a church that I can raise my family, a church that believes just like we do here. Amen? These are non-negotiables. There are things that I know. And that's what wisdom is. It gives you to know wisdom and instruction. Certainty. Certain of your information. Then, look at the next one. Um, in verse 2 again. To know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding. To perceive the words of understanding. You know, there's a difference between knowing facts and understanding them. Right? So, someone could stand up here and give a lecture on physics 
And I could write down facts, but I wouldn't understand them because I don't have a foundation for it. And you understand that when you go to school, that uh, depending on the course, that there are prerequisites. Before you can know this, you have to know this. Uh, For example, before you can study the Bible, you have to know how to read. Is that right? That's fair. And so what is that? That's a prerequisite. Well, the Bible says that before you can have understanding, you have to have wisdom. Before you can have understanding, you have to have wisdom. And we're going to define some of that. Look at verse 3. To receive the instruction. To receive the instruction of wisdom. It starts there. To receive the instruction of wisdom. So here is what we're trying to establish in our young people. The ability to receive instruction, to receive instruction, and to be easily instructed and corrected. Is that right? I used to talk about that with our kids when they were little. Um, I know that my kids would be running up and down in the church just like all the other kids. Why would they do that? Because that's what kids like to do. Is that right? The issue is not whether or not they would run. The issue is if they are told to stop, will they do it? What's the only difference? The only difference is the ability to receive instruction. So the idea is if I see Jay doing something wrong and I say, Jay, you need not do that. You need to stop. And he would say, yes, sir. Why? Because his parents have established authority in his life, the ability to receive instruction. Now, you school teachers, I know that you have uh, kids in your classes who have never been taught that. And so you try to instruct them. You try to get them to sit. You try and get them to listen. You try and get them to do their work. But, they, but those things have never been established in their lives. Have you experienced that? And it becomes very, very difficult. So what happens is then that person establishes a pattern of bad decisions in their lives. And they just get to where they're really bad at life. You know, our, our president talks about... Um, making sure that everybody has, a, has a, fair, uh, a fair shake, everybody has a chance, that everything becomes equal for everybody. Things will never be equal. Why? Because some people are just bad at life. They're just bad at life. Some people are good at life. Other people are bad at life. What's the difference? It's what we're learning here. To know wisdom and instruction. Be certain of your information. To receive instruction of, uh, of wisdom in verse 3. That's to allow our reception. To, to be easily instructed or corrected. Look at verse, verse 4. To give subtlety to the simple. To give subtlety to the simple. Now this is interesting. The Bible says that one of the, one of the, the purposes of the book of Proverbs is to teach subtlety. Now, what do you immediately think of when you think of that word subtle? The serpent was more subtle than all the creatures of the garden. So here's what we need to do. John, I want to teach you how to be just like Satan. No? Bad idea? Marsha's going, no, no, don't do that. It's really important that we get this. When we think of subtlety, we think of craftiness, and we think of destruction. Would you all agree with that? That Something sneaking into my life that will destroy me. That's not what that's talking about. 
when the Bible says that Satan was more subtle, he had a plan. His plan was to cause Adam and Eve to fall and to destroy God's plan. Satan had a strategy. To be subtle means that you have a plan for life, that you have a strategy, that you're not just flying by the seat of your pants, that you, are, that you have a plan for life. And that plan for life is based on wisdom and instruction. That's what subtlety is. Uh, what do you want to do when you grow up? Uh, I didn't know until I was about 30. So don't worry, guys. It's okay. The parents are saying, don't say that to them. They need to know. How many of you didn't have any idea what you wanted to do when you were 18? You didn't have any idea what you wanted to do. It's okay, guys. As long as, as, long as your plan, your strategy for life is whatever God wants me to do. And if you begin making decisions based on what God wants you to do, rather than what on a school counselor or your neighbor or your grandparents or whatever, if your, if your plan is based on what God wants you to do, what is that called? Subtlety. Subtlety. My plan is based on God's wisdom. Do you know what happens then? God starts filling in those blanks. God starts filling in those blanks. I want to be... Imagine if I said, I want to be a doctor. There's only one problem. I really don't like blood. So what happened? God didn't make me to be a person that could be a doctor. Amen? You, you've got to be heartless. You can't care. Dr. Ree, people like that. Just <laughs> That's terrible, isn't it, Dr. Ree? No, the, God makes a certain kind of person that can do that. You know, God makes a certain kind of person that can run into a building when it's on fire. Right? Generally lower IQ. That's the... That's the. No, it's a certain temper. What, what happened back here? The cop said amen. That's, that's right. <laughs> yeah, he said they've got to save them too. Um, no, there's a certain... God creates people with the ability to do certain jobs. How many of you could never be a school teacher? You say, there's no way I could ever be a school teacher. Do you know what happened to me? I went to school to be a school teacher and got to student teaching. And you know what I said? I could never be a school teacher. I can't do this. God had a different plan for me. What God does is God creates us to do something that will bring us joy and Him glory. So what do we do? I have a strategy based on what God has said and what God has done. And I receive instruction. I receive learning. I receive wisdom. And do you know what that does? God brings glory and I'm happy. Or I can force the issue. Can you imagine if I had become a doctor? Get into medical school. They bring me the gerbil or whatever to take apart. I look at that thing and I go, ooh. God has a plan for all of us. Amen? God has a plan for all of us. Wisdom is learning that plan. All right, so look at uh, verse 5. A wise man will hear and will increase learning, and a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsels. The, the idea to understand a proverb and the interpretation, this is maturity, full understanding, real comprehension. Here's the idea. You read the proverb and you say, oh, I get it. God, I know what you want. That's maturity. 
That's maturity. That's what we're searching for. Let's give a couple of definitions. Wisdom. I've got a pastor friend, John Hawkins. He was there in Alabama with us. He's got a great definition for wisdom from Scripture. This is cool. Wisdom. Skill for living. Skill for living. That's wisdom. Wisdom. You don't ask a person who is in debt, all right, how to handle their finances. No, no, what I mean by, I don't mean they don't have a mortgage. I mean a person that's upside down can't pay their bills. That's not the person that you're looking to for advice on finances. Is that right? Who do you go to? The person that's done well with it. Do you know what God does? God brings givers to the church. That's one of the gifts. Givers who are good at handling finances. Those are the people that we go to for instruction on those things. And what does the wise person do? The wise person listens to them, not the person that has everything. But if something happens bad in the future, they don't have any hope. Right? And so wisdom is skill for learning. Um, Look with me in uh, verse 2. To know wisdom and instruction, to know it, to really know it, to perceive the words of understanding, the ability to process the knowledge. Let, number three, or verse three, to receive the instruction of wisdom. Now remember, the, this is one of the keys to maturity, to raising your children, is that they will receive instruction. But look at this. To receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, judgment, and equity. Wisdom, justice, judgment, and equity. Wisdom is skill for living. What is justice? It is delivering appropriate responses. That's justice. That's justice. Delivering appropriate responses. Dalton, um, my friend Dalton Robertson, most of you know him. He's a rabid Alabama fan. All right, so when Alabama lost, I said, hallelujah. All right, so I really wanted to rub it in on him. And he said this, you don't understand. He said, I care too much. He said, I'm sick. It, it, it kills me. It gets me really down. He said, I care too much about Alabama. Well, what does wisdom do? What does justice do? The reason that he knows he cares too much is because God is establishing justice in his life. To get too down after a football game, that's not the appropriate response. Amen? That's not the appropriate response. Um, you tell your daughter that she can't wear something. And it's like an atomic bomb gets dropped in the house. <laughs> That's not an appropriate response. Amen? That's not an appropriate response. You tell your son, you know, he, he wants to go out with some friends after a ball game, and you say, who's going to be there? And you find out there are some young people there that you really don't want your kids with. And you say, no, you better not do that. Why don't you just come on home? Has that ever happened? Right? Has that ever happened? Yeah. Okay. And so then, then the son says, you never let me do anything. <laughs> what does that son need to learn? Many things. <laughs> but, the, but the big thing he needs to learn is judgment, the appropriate response. The appropriate response. Um, that's what justice is. Boy, we could give many illustrations of that. But that, and that, that's for everyone. For someone who is in authority, that's giving the appropriate punishment or consequences. So as parents, you need to learn justice. What's an appropriate consequence for the action? 
Uh, for our kids, the worst thing they could do was lie, lie, or be disrespectful and unthankful. Those three things. Those are the worst things they can do. Lie, be disrespectful, or unthankful. So in our house, those things brought the worst consequences. What were we trying to do? We were trying to establish justice, establish guidelines. You all understand that if you get your kids right on those three things, you're going to, and, 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 you know, of course, they're saved and you're establishing them in the Word of God. But you get them established on those three things, you're going to have some pretty good kids. Amen? It's so important that we get that. And so it, it, what, what justice is, is appropriate responses. Now, let's vote, okay? Let's, let's, just, let's just confess our faults one to another. Who here has ever overreacted to something? Would you raise your hand? Okay, everybody look around now. Everybody look around. All right. Eric has never over-responded. No, just level. You know, it's funny. Um, flying. You hear about overcorrections In every area. In every area. What we have, justice is learning how to not be too high and not to be too low. When we think of justice, we always think of the legal system. But scripturally, it includes so much more than that. It's appropriate responses. And, you know, that's something that I need God to help me with very much. So wisdom and justice. Then look at verse 3 again. To receive instruction of wisdom, justice, and judgment. What is judgment? Judgment is anticipation of what is coming. Judgment is this. It's the ability to discern, if I do this, this will be the result. If I don't do this, this will be the result. If I don't plan for retirement, I am going to have to live with my kids. Is that fair? That kind. Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with living with your kids. That's great. Lots of families. That's the way, and that's the way it was done historically, right? But, but the idea is, you have the ability to know what's going to happen. You know, if you do this, you're going to end up living in a van down by the river, right, young people? Right. And so, it's it's really important that we are able to have judgment, and that's what I want my kids to understand. That's what I want our young people to understand. That's what I want our new believers to understand. In your Christian life, if you're faithful to church and you listen to the instruction of the Word of God, you will grow. If you don't do those things, you won't. Is that right? If you fail to attend God's house, you won't know God's people. What is that? That's, that is judgment. That's judgment. It's understanding what will happen. It's under, anticipation of what is coming. And the judgment is established mainly by learning principles that relate to people's character. All right? The Bible tells you, uh, we'll look at it in a minute, not to be the friend of an angry person. I wonder how many young men are in jail because they had a friend that they were with who lost their temper and killed somebody. Or in road rage, lost their temper and had an accident, and now they can't walk. There are consequences to being the friend of an angry person. The Bible talks about the strange woman. And the men said, well, that doesn't narrow it down. No, that's a... <laughs> when the Bible's talking about the strange... Now, ladies, we're strange to you too. Is that right? 
Yes, very, very clearly. Um, Josh Divens, where's Josh? He showed me this video of how to choose a wife. One of the funniest things I've ever seen. We've got to figure out a way to use that. But um, this, is, this is really important. This idea of, of judgment and understanding the characteristics and the traits. Young men, the Bible talks about a strange woman. Who's the strange woman? There's a good way to understand this. If you're not in business, don't advertise. How many of you adults know immediately what I'm talking about? Right? So the idea is if, if this young lady dresses in a way that is trying to attract you to something that would not honor God, that's a strange woman. Stay away from her. If a girl is modest and loves the Lord, that's the girl that you need to look for. Amen? And girls, if your friends are the kind that want to attract guys in that way, then what you need to do is you can keep a relationship with that person to establish them, uh, to, to try and get them saved. Right? We don't just cut them off, we, but we don't behave like them. We're different. Amen? What is that? That judgment is saying that girl who is behaving that way is going to go down a path that will lead her to a place that's not good. Is that right? Boy, we could get into some specific details, but I don't think we have to. I think we all understand what's going on. Judgment. Wisdom gives you judgment. Judgment is, is understanding what will happen and who I should associate with, who I should allow to have influence on my life based on biblical principles. And those biblical principles identify characteristics in people's lives that will bring destruction. That's what the book of Proverbs is about. All right? So let's go on. Wisdom. Engage wisdom. Then, verse 3 again. To receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, and judgment, and equity. What is equity? Equity is fairness, operating on principle, not personality or likability. Principle. Um, I, I, I was so impressed. This church that we went to in Alabama, um, they had 1,900 people there last Sunday, and they're meeting in a tent because their building just can't fit everybody, so they're expanding their building. So for the last year, they've been in this huge tent. Um, and the pastor is a great guy at casting vision and, and telling people what needs to happen. But he's got another man named Dustin who is his administrator. Well, Dustin is the one that gets everything done, right? The pastor is kind of a cool guy, kind of guy that everybody wants to be around. And Dustin is... If you just looked at Dustin, think of the word accountant. Do you know what I was so impressed with, with the pastor? When you're a cool pastor wanting to have a cool church, and that's, that sounds disparaging. That's, that's not what I mean. We all attract people that are like us, right? That's just nature. Um, this guy was a jock, and he's an outdoorsman, the pastor. But the closest person to him in ministry is this guy, Dustin. Do you know what he has? He has equity. The pastor has equity. He says, I don't need someone just like me. 
I need someone that God has gifted to do things that I can't do. That's equity. That's equity. And here's the thing. That church would not be where it was without Dustin Phillips being there. He's the guy that gets everything done. The pastor's the guy that's at the front and everybody sees it. Dustin's the one behind the scenes making sure that everybody's where they're supposed to be and everything's getting done. Equity. It's understanding those things. Young people, this is where, this is, this is what's difficult. And you've seen the T-shirt, um, go ahead, pick on me now, you'll work for me later. Have you seen those T-shirts and things? There's real truth to that. There's real truth to that. There's only a few cool people in the world. Then there's the rest of us, right? And equity is looking past all that superficial stuff and finding the character of the person. Looking past the superficial and finding the character of the individual. That is such an important thing to learn. And all of us as believers, think about this. If we as Grace Baptist Church focus too much inward, we're not going to reach the community. Is that right? But as we turn our eyes outward to the community, all of a sudden we're going to see people that don't look like us. Would you be comfortable if they came to church? If you say no, do you know what you're lacking? Equity. Equity. Do you know that God wants to save everybody? Do you know that God wants every saved person to be part of a church? Is that right? Well, in our church, we're looking for this one demographic. No, all men. All men. What is that? That's equity. And so if we teach our children to be racist or bigoted, or condescending. Um, And you know, uh, bigotry and condescension can go two different ways. It can be wealthy people looking down on poor people, or it can be poor people that think that every wealthy person did it by stealing from poor people. What is that person lacking? Equity. Equity. Let's hate all the people that make money so that we can have a generation of people who can't do anything. Is that wisdom? No. What do we need? We need equity, judgment and equity. Isn't it interesting? This is so interesting to me. All we're doing is defining principles from the first six verses or words from the first six verses of Proverbs. And we've already solved most of the problems of society. Isn't that interesting? We've got to make sure that we do these things for our children. So who is this for? All this information that we just gave, who is it for? Look at Proverbs chapter 1, look at verse 4. To give subtlety to the simple, to the, what's it say? Young man, knowledge and discretion. Who's this for? These are principles to be learned by the young. Principles to be learned by the young. Have you ever said this? I wish I'd learned that sooner. Can I tell you one that I wish I had learned? It's a proverb. Fool uttereth all his mind. The fool uttereth all his mind. I really thought everybody was interested in everything I had to say. What was that? Come on, you can say it. What was that? Foolish. Foolish. It's very important that we get this. All of this is to be learned young. And the earlier that you learn it, the better. So you young people, all you young people, what should you learn? You need to learn to know wisdom, verse 2, to know wisdom and instruction, 
to perceive the words of understanding, to receive the instruction of wisdom, that's skill for learning, justice, that's having the proper response, judgment, that's knowing the result of your actions, equity, that's fairness, that's looking at all people based on their character. To give subtlety to the simple. What's that? Have a plan for life. Have a plan for life based on wisdom and discretion and subtlety. All right? Then, a wise man will hear, verse 5, and will increase learning. And a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsels. Here's a problem. Young people, here's a big problem. I don't like school. Has anyone ever heard someone say that? School's not for me. Well, that's okay. That's okay. Uh, It might be that you're not a person that wants to go to college. Well, man, then you'd better learn a skill. There's a great need in the world for plumbers. Amen? I'd love it if we had 20 plumbers in the church. You know why? They make a lot of money. Yes. It's, it's really, it's, you'd better have a skill, but here's the problem. This is really important. I know this isn't the most exciting sermon in the world, but it's so important that we get this. Why do we associate learning with school? How many of you are out of school? Are you still learning? Isn't that interesting? Let's be careful. Now, the flip side of it is when you're in school, do your best to learn. Right? We have established, people have established, they spend a lot of money to give you the opportunity to get an education. Get your education and get out of there. The other thing is about school. All you young people, look at me. Do you know that school won't last forever? Homeschooling moms, it won't last forever, I promise. It's not going to last forever. It's a parenthesis in your life. It's a period of time in your life where people are telling you what to do and when to do it, and it's your responsibility to do it well. Amen? So let's say we have an A student, a B student, a D student, and, and Aiden. <laughs> all right? So we, they're all different abilities. All right? What is the issue? Do your best. Do all things heartily as to the Lord. Amen? Do your best. And do you know what's going to happen? You're doing your best. You're receiving instruction. You're, you're learning judgment. You're learning discretion. You're learning all of these things. And now God helps you develop subtlety and you have a strategy. Who here would say that school and book learning is just not what you like to do? Would you raise your hand? Okay. There's people all over the room. And some of the most productive people in our church just raise their hands. Now, you don't want a pastor like that. I always say that a pastor that doesn't read is like someone who doesn't wear deodorant. They don't have to tell you. (laughs) Right? So if you don't like to read and study, don't be a pastor because that's part of your job. But there's lots of other things that God, that God needs you for, that God has established His ministry for. So here's the deal. This was my point. A student, B student, C student, and Aiden. All right? What am I saying there? Aiden learns differently than all three of these guys. Better at some things, not as good at others. So a cookie-cutter thing that says, because you four are not exactly alike, well, only two of you can succeed. 
Well, that means that God's a liar. That means that God's a liar. The thing about school, the purpose of school is to teach you some foundational truths and then give you the ability to learn for the rest of your life. That's what school is for. School's a parenthesis in your life, but you are establishing habits and behaviors that will affect you for the rest of your life. So what should we do? Well, we should establish ourselves in instruction and the ability to receive it. We should establish ourselves in judgment to know what my actions will do. To establish myself in justice, to have the proper responses. To establish myself in equity, that's fairness. To where I judge people based on their character, not on their appearance. Now, let's step back from that for just a minute. If you go to a job interview all tatted up and pierced everywhere, you know, the whole silverware drawer hanging from your eyebrows, you're going to have a hard time getting certain kinds of jobs. Is that right? So let's not take this to an extreme. Let's not take it to an extreme. The, the, you know, well, God looks on the heart, but man looks on the outward. Who are you getting your job from? Man, right? Stand up straight, look him in the eye, pretend you have sense. It, it'll really help you to get the job. So I don't want it to run to an extreme, but it's really important as the culture changes and as traditional norms are, are cast away, if we're going to minister to people, we're going to have to minister to people that don't look like us. And then we're going to have to teach them justice and equity and judgment and wisdom and discernment, all of those things. So I've got a couple more verses and we'll be done. Um. What we see here in verse 4 is that the young man learns knowledge and discretion. Knowledge, knowledge that's completely trustworthy. What do you believe in? And remember, what the world is saying is that you can't really know anything for sure. Right? So, But that's the opposite of Scripture. We can know some things for sure. That's what we want our young people to know. And then secondly, discretion. What is discretion? It's the ability to assess a situation or person accurately and quickly decide accordingly. Let me say that again. Discretion is the ability to assess a situation or person accurately and quickly and decide accordingly. You know, girls, a guy comes to your house and your dad looks at him and talks to him and says, I don't like him. Now, at a cert- to a certain level, that's every guy. <laughs> Amen, dads? Amen. Amen. But if, if you bring this guy... And your dad can discern that he's not, he doesn't have good character. He's not going to provide for you well. He doesn't love the Lord. And your dad says, no. What does your dad have? He has discretion that you don't have yet. Amen? And that's a big problem with our culture. In a lot of situations, there aren't any more dads. Right? And TV has made the dads that are there to be dumb and stupid and have no authority. Right? And so we're removing the protection that God has given. But what we want our young people to have is we want them to have discretion. We want them to have the ability to assess a situation or person accurately and quickly and decide accordingly. And then, young people, listen to this. This is the other part of discernment or of discretion. Not fooled or confused as to what to do. Not fooled or confused. Guys, how many of you remember this? The bad boy in school comes in and all the girls are swooning, and you're standing there saying, I know what a loser that guy is. Y'all remember that? 
How many of you were the loser? No, don't raise your hand. But, but you're looking at that and you're saying, I know what that person is. And you're looking at these girls who are being easily swayed by that. How about the flip side of it? Girls. She's some girl that keeps turning the guy's heads and you know what kind of a girl she is. And it's driving you crazy. And what you want is for the boys to have discretion. And I'll tell you what really helps in this. Brothers help in this. Right? You know, Jacob could say to Lydia, that guy's a jerk, stay away from him. Buddy and uh, Charlie, you know, the, the Dalton's kids, they're in the music business. And they're big in the music business now. But they're, they're godly kids. And so there are people that come around them. And Buddy and Charlie are twins. And Buddy just last week walked up to a guy and said, hey, you, stay away from my sister. I don't ever want to see you talking to her again. What are you going to do? I'm going to pound you in the face. That's what I'm going to do. Get away from my sister. Brothers are good to have around. Amen? I can't believe he said that in church. That's that's okay. (laughs) And what girls do is, man, I'm just telling you, a pretty girl gives attention to a guy and the guy turns into Homer Simpson or something. It's unbelievable. They lose, they lose all of their discretion. And the sister comes along and says, let me tell you about this girl. Amen? So we come alongside each other and we help each other. But the idea is that we have to learn these things before our lives are destroyed. Now... The kid that's the idiot, the girl that the sister is, they need to be saved and established in the Word of God. I mean, I don't want to throw those people away either, but I don't want my child to marry one of them when they're still in that state. Right? Okay, then. Let's, let's finish this up with this. We live in a culture full of confused people, young and old, who are confused because of what to, they failed to learn when they were young. These are things that have to be established in our young people. And what's cool is I love it that we have here in this room um, parents and grandparents and aunts and uncles. We have school teachers who have influence. We have principals who have influence. Uh, We have all of you have influence. And you you can lead children in these ways by the counsel that you give them. Amen? And that's what we need to do. Um, Let's finish it up with this. Verse 4. To give subtlety to the simple, to the young man, knowledge and discretion. There are three people in the Bible. There's the simple. The simple, like is mentioned in verse 4, they've not yet been instructed, but can be if they're willing to learn. Okay? Everybody with me on that? The simple. They've not yet been instructed, but can be if they're willing to learn. That's the simple. The second person in Proverbs is the fool. Look at verse 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. So the fool rejects the instruction he has heard. You can't tell a fool anything. You can't tell him anything. You marry a fool. You marry a fool. And the wife says... Honey, when you dump the coffee in the sink and don't rinse it out, it stains the sink. Well, I don't care. This is my house. What is that person? They're a fool. They're just a fool. Honey, I know that you love me. You even worship me because you keep giving me burnt offerings. (laughs) But I think the food's a little overdone. 
Well, you make it yourself then. What is that? That's life. No, what is that? That's foolishness. That's foolish. Amen? So you have the simple, those who have not yet received instruction. You have the fool who rejects instruction. Then you have the wise, verse 5. A wise man will hear and will increase learning. A wise man will hear and will increase learning. The wise, embracing and following instruction. Okay, so now here's the point. All right? This is it. This is the application and I'm done. A simple person and a fool often will look exactly alike. The simple hasn't received the instruction. The fool is rejecting the instruction. Right? So what are we going to do? The simple can learn. The fool needs to repent before he can receive the wisdom. Look at verse 22, or verse 20. Wisdom crieth without. She uttereth her voice in the streets. She crieth in the chief place of concourse, in the openings of the gates. In the city she uttereth her words, saying, How long, ye simple ones, will ye love simplicity? And the scorners delight in their scorning, and fools hate knowledge. Boy, what a verse. All right, so if you're simple, how long are you going to stay simple? Uh, on one of our Baptist history tours, it'd be about 80 preachers, and some guys are trying to be brought along in doctrine. And so this old preacher said to a younger preacher, he asked him a question. And he asked him the same question two or three years in a row. And this guy would always say, well, I haven't really studied that out. And finally, the old preacher said to him, how long are you going to stay stuck on stupid? Well, <laughs> so at that point, he had to decide, is he going to remain simple or is he turning into a fool? Amen. Now, don't you think all of us reach points like that in our lives? All of us. I don't care where you are in life. You're simple on some things and you need instruction. Or you're to the place where I am not going to listen anymore. I know what I'm doing. I have my own plan. I don't care what anybody says. I'm in charge of my life. That person needs to repent. Amen? Because none of us have arrived yet. All of us are going to continue to learn and be instructed if we are to be wise. Okay, so the three people. The three people. Simple. Simple. I would say that all of us are simple in some areas. Would you all agree with that? We need more instruction. All right? Uh, secondly, we're probably all foolish in some areas. Stubborn, not going to listen. We need to repent of that. Amen? And then, I think after... I know that in this room there are wise people. But to remain wise, we have to continue receiving instruction about the things that we're simple of. It's so interesting how the book of Proverbs has wisdom for every area of our lives. So here's my challenge to you. Read a proverb a day. There's 31 Proverbs. Some months you'll double up on one chapter. But if you'll read one proverb a day and start looking for the wise man, start looking for the fool, start looking for the scorner, start looking for the simple, finding those people in Proverbs and then ask yourself, who am I, Lord? In this passage, who am I? Am I the wise person or am I the fool? Am I the scorner or am I the simple? Who am I? If you'll do that, do you know what you'll begin getting? Wisdom, discretion, equity, judgment, justice, and knowledge.
Then what happens is we're able to turn our eyes out to the community and reach people, bring glory to God. Amen? Engage wisdom. Engage wisdom. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word.